live from Cape Town. This is the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. Good evening, Khuyanant, Moweni, and a hearty welcome to the Shahida Kali show. It's good to be here tonight. Somehow I feel like I've missed you guys. Well, you know, let's get on with the program. Again, when it's with me, it's always hard stuff to speak about. And sometimes I wish we could just have joyful stuff that we can speak about. I have a guest in the studio, Michelle Skippers. Good evening, Michelle. Welcome to the program. Good evening, Shahida. Thank you for having me back. And so it's great to have you back. We are focusing on our second week of discussing child abuse, different aspects thereof. And Michelle is a social worker at Childline. Perhaps the first uh, question to ask again, in case, you know, people didn't um, listen last week. What, how do we understand the work that Childline does um, in relation to the work that Department of Social Development does, please? Okay, um, so Childline is a child protection organization. We are an NGO. So we do we get funding from the Department of Social Development. So we're not a statutory organization like Department of Social Development. At Childline, we provide therapeutic counseling to children who has been sexually abused, children who has um, gone through any form of trauma. Trauma could be a child that has um, seen a murder, a child that has ex- has been, been through a process of uh, a robbery or a burglary. We also do bereavement counselling with children. So they come to our offices and they we see them on a weekly basis. We Our main purpose is to get to the point get the child to the point of being emotionally healed. We as Department of Social Development covers aspects of fostering child neglect. So Department of Social Development will go out into the community, they will do home visitations if there has been a case of neglect that has mm-hmm. been reported to them. We, we as an organization, we do not do that. Okay, okay. Well, I'm sure our listeners would get a good um, grip of, you know, the difference and um, the different roles the uh, two organizations will play. So let's get back to, so having said, and we spoke quite a bit about child abuse mm-hmm. last week, um, the different aspects thereof, uh, the different um, types of abuse that will be included mm-hmm. um, in uh, abusive behavior towards a child. Uh, we were very excited because one of our listeners sent us a message and said could you speak about teen dating violence now we have gender-based violence and I had much discussion um, you know about uh, the and the focus on gender-based violence we now look at 
teen dating violence. So perhaps just your thoughts immediately. If someone is listening to us and they don't quite understand what we're saying, when we're saying teen dating violence, what exactly does this mean? What could it include? Just your thoughts on it, please. Okay, Shahida. So in a nutshell, let's just keep it little, keep, let's keep it simple so, please, that, so yes. the listeners can understand. Yeah. So basically, if we just look at dating violence, that would be a type of intimate partner violence between two people who are in a close relationship. Mm-hmm. So boy and girl is in a relationship and the nature of the violence can come in the form of physical, emotional, psychological, sexual, even stalking, harassment, excessive messaging. Mm-hmm. That can be the nature yes. um, of the of the of the violence towards the victim. It can also be you know, if we look at if we look at South Africa's domestic violence act, um, it also speaks into what domestic violence is, and it also talks about all the different facets of abuse and violence, and it also includes even economic violence. That's also yeah. abuse, yeah. and so it's I- or any other abusive or controlling behaviour mm-hmm. with the intention of harming the victim. That is, in a nutshell, what dating violence is. Yeah. And I, th- I think, you know, we wanted to specifically speak about teenagers yes. or younger people. Yes. And these days, and, I, you know, this is a concern for me. I think I might have mentioned it perhaps on the air or perhaps on one of my family chats. I'd have mentioned you have uh, in the family very, well, small children. And already parents will start to speak about your girlfriend do you have a boyfriend what's your boyfriend's name then the children are four years old and three years old and five years old and you kind of think okay there's already um you know an idea that's being put in a child's head who has no idea what it's about now you're looking at younger and younger children going into relationships my goodness primary school i have a girlfriend i have a boyfriend people are even having sex at such a young age and because they're so young because they are in uh, emotionally and and intellectually and so on so immature in terms of a relationship would you say that age plays a big role in them being unprepared for the stuff that relationships hold that can kind of make you lean towards violence because I'm not coping, you know, and something's happening and I don't even understand how to deal with it. What are your thoughts just in terms of the youth, the youngness of children who are now these days thinking they're in a relationship? I think that's one of the biggest challenges that we face currently in our country is that young teens, girls and boys, hasn't formed the co- truly understanding what it means to be in a relationship yeah because they've been so socially conformed my friend has a boyfriend mm-hmm. so there's peer pressure i think that's one of the biggest things why, why why teens get into situations where they can feel they're not comfortable with this is not good for me yeah. but because of the pressure that's being put on by friends i get myself into this situation so i am for example in a group of girls um most of my friends have boyfriends so i don't want to feel out mm-hmm. i don't want to be isolated you know when you're a teenager 
largely you want to fit in. Yes. Right? You want to You're belong. creating your sense of identity. You want to belong. You want to have a sense of, of safety, um, of acceptance. So I'm going to get myself a boyfriend. But what does it mean, truly mean? Because even though teenagers develop mentally, they are now in the phase, like I, like I said, they're in the phase of, they're in search of creating an identity. Mm-hmm. They're testing the boundaries. They're formulating their own ideas and values. So even though their bodies has changed physically and emotionally, that does not mean that they are emotionally or intellectually ready or mature enough to be in a relationship mm-hmm. and you know what it is so critical to speak about it and what i'd like to speak about since we are talking about age and age related um aspects of what could take you to teen dating violence would be now you've got uh, the girl and the boy's um, bodies changing and so there are hormonal influences yes. and then you've got and very very often the understanding would be that the boy's body matures there is this pressure on him there's peer pressure on him and he needs to now do the boy thing and often having to do the boy thing whatever that would include and but perhaps even in the conversations in his group he is then pressurized to go and do it with a girl, you know. So there's the pressure of the the um, hormonal pressure within himself and then the peer pressure to let out and respond to that. And that that in itself could lend itself to the possibility of violence taking place. Okay. So Shahida, if we look at... You just mentioned now the big hormonal changes yeah. that happens when when one is in the adolescent phase. Yes, right. So there's a there's a there's a process of sexual awakening Absolutely. that takes place, Absolutely. right? Which yes. is normal. We're not saying that that is not supposed to be that way. Yeah. So now you mentioned that. So boy says, "I'm a man." Yes. Right. I have sexual needs. Mm-hmm. Right. My friends is engaging in sexual activity. Yeah. So. Out of wanting to fit in, out of wanting to have acceptance, a boy or even a girl needs just now not be gender specific yeah. and just say that gender vi- dating violence is only that males or boys males. are only the, the yeah. perpetrators. Yeah. And so then this person might get into a situation of wanting it so badly and wanting the need to fit in so badly that he or she might force their partner to have sex. Yeah might exert control and power and physical violence in order for him or her to meet the need. Yeah, absolutely. Does that make sense to you? Yes, absolutely. And I mean, we know that this does happen. Mm. I'd I'd like us to focus on, and I mean, we're not even getting to the actual violence when that happens, happens. but we're Mm. just kind of, you know, addressing the things that surrounds Mm. the violence. You know, in your work that you're doing, do you see how drugs and particularly tuck would and and tuck we would understand brings about sexual desires and so on so so you have an increase in libido etc now you've got an immaturity emotionally even of the young person the young child do you sometimes see that that influences you know that could lead to dating violence taking place substance abuse drugs alcohol it 
decreases your inhibitions, right? So there's yes. a level of what, if you're sober-minded, yeah. at, at the, you kind of can differentiate between right and wrong. Mm-hmm. And when you are under the influence of tick or any other form of drugs, you it, 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 it messes with your thinking process of what is appropriate behavior and what is inappropriate behavior. But that doesn't mean we should now say that it affects the child's way of thinking, which essentially will affect the child's way of doing, but we don't want to use that as a justification yeah. to say that if a child is under the influence and he physically assaults his girlfriend, that that makes it okay. But it does, and I think that that is, I think that, Teenagers aren't aware of the ramifications and the effects in its wholeness, in its entirety of what alcohol and substance abuse actually does to them. Yeah. So it clouds their judgment, yes. which is big. Yeah. And and so when we go out in schools and we speak about Childline, we do programs on teenage sexuality. Mm-hmm. We have this model that we use when we, we speak about the human development of 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 people right so we use a body so we look at the head as being the intellectual development Mm -hmm. we look at the right arm being the social development your interaction with your peers you would look at model development on the on your left hand side your how you create your values and what you regard as being right and wrong Mm -hmm. and just note at the bottom yeah we look at sexual development and emotional development now look at it when a child starts developing from the bottom sexually so engaging in sexual activity then we have missed out on the risk because we need to have an idea of being emotionally ready to have sex because remember with sex comes feelings there's attachment yeah. the it, 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 it takes a part of yourself and and teenagers aren't ready to deal with the emotional yeah. effects of when you engage in sexual activity yeah and i think it's so critical and i think our discussion particularly when we speak about how what can predispose yes. you to engage in in teenage dating violence um certainly using any substances that clouds your judgment can predispose you because there is inhibit mm. that inhibitions are decreased we are speaking about teenage dating violence you know what i'd like parents to invite all the teenagers to come and sit close to the radio so that because it's very educational and we can only grow as we educate ourselves and our children so i've received an sms and it says uh, sorry a whatsapp uh, message and it says the expectation of society is that you need a boyfriend or a husband to complete yourself this is incorrect we need to build our children's self-esteem so that they have the belief a man and a woman does not necessarily complete your you and so in so doing therefore preventing them from entering into at times toxic relationships thank you for that message i really think it's a great thought that you've just brought into the conversation Mm. just your thoughts on that please michelle i think that is so important that you mentioned about how society influences us influences children influences teenagers in thinking that this is what i need to do in order to fit in this is what i need to do in order to be 
a woman. This is what I need to do in order to be a man. So if we're looking at a child, not a child, sorry, a teenager who is 18 years old and her perception of being a woman and her sense of identity of being a woman is linked to I need a man in my life and that is going to make me complete. A partner is supposed to be an addition to yourself. Someone that makes you be the true version of yourself. But if you want to have happiness and and have self-worth, that needs to come from you. That needs to come from your being. That needs to come from your soul. But now it's difficult. It's so hard being a teenager in today's society. We have cultural um, ideologies. We have social ideologies in yes. influencing children. And if order for ch- for a young girl to stand firm and say, "This is what I believe in," mm-hmm. that is going against what all of going against all what all of her friends are saying or what society is saying. That means she's going to be excluded. She's going to feel alone. And no young girl wants to feel alone yeah. in the world. Yes, you want to be loved and you want to be accept- accepted, like we spoke about earlier. Yeah. It makes it immensely difficult, and I loved what 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 the what the the lady said about that you need to build your child's self esteem. Yes. Because if your child's self esteem bank is full, irrespective of what the world is saying, irrespective of what the world is throwing at you, what the friends um, critique, breaking you down, telling yeah. you no, you need to do this, that child will be able to weather the storms. And but it's but it's but it's it's it's, it's constant work from a yeah. parent's side. It's yeah. constant motivation. It's constant praise. It's const, constant acknowledgement yeah. for what your child has accomplished. And guidance. And isn't guidance it, is hey? big. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think even you know, uh, mom. If we're talking about a girl, mom role playing, and therefore the the relationship between mom and dad too need to be a very good relationship, so that your role model that toxic relationships are not on. That's not where you want to be. And it it brings us to two things. I think the one, it just immediately kind of throws us to engaged parenting and then I'm watching the time. And then I'd like us to, before we go deeper into Mm. the actual violence, Let's speak about consent. Hmm. And that's why I said, please bring your teenagers closer together. I usually teach the the teenagers. There is a, um, not at this time, but later kind of no, depending on circumstances. There is a no, a soft, gentle no, and there's an absolute no. (laughs) No, as in bold, capital letters, underline no. You know, this will not happen. And I think because, and you know what, because of what's going on around um, teenagers, often that definite no is so hard because it's like if I'm going to say a no that clearly I'm going to lose my relationship, Hmm. you know? Yeah, and when you are in a relationship, I, I think that a young girl has this perception that I need to be of service to my boyfriend. Yeah. I'm obligated to do certain things. I'm obligated to have sex with him. I'm yes. obligated to be intimate with him. Yes. It doesn't mean that. Yeah. You are st- you still have rights. You still have you still with you still hold certain values. So if you have decided that you don't want 
to be engaged in a sexual relationship with your boyfriend you have a right to say no and a firm no yes. like you said right on no there's no ambiguity there's no maybes it is a full-on no yeah that is where consent comes in consent comes in when you fully give permission for this person to do something to you or with you, you with your permission yeah. you give them permission yeah. that is what consent is but we also need to now look on the flip side of 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 what about the boy yeah what does society tell the boy yeah you in a relationship yes and and I, this is often what i what need to be part of the conversation yes we need to so, bring the boy. so for example for example we are socializing the boys that they are the hunters they are the initiators they are the ones who need to make something happen mm. so against all of those confusions as a teenager what does this teenager think he is supposed to do and what would also be peer pressure on the boy mm. and there again comes in engaged parenting don't you think Definitely. That a lot of answers lie in the parents and what that father is going to teach and role model to his child. Modeling is big. So when we speak about engaged parent parenting, we talk about moving beyond the mere prov providing for your child financially. Yeah. Right? We need to clothe our children. We need to put food on the table. Our children need to go to school. Right? The, the, those are responsibilities that you have as a child. An engaged parent is a parent who is emotionally present in their child's life. So there's conversation that goes on with your child. Mm -hmm. We're talking about what happened. I don't know if this is still happening in society. We family sitting around the table for supper. And we're talking about how's everybody doing? How was yes. your day? We're conversing. We're finding out what you, you have a true sense of who your child is. What is your child struggling with, whether it be academically or emotionally, so that we can deal with that as a family. Yes. If you have a child that is a more quiet, shy, with, with, withdrawn child, that also makes that child more vulnerable and susceptible to peer pressure yeah. right yeah. so he wants to fit in when he and he joins a group of boys and the boys are pushing him to have sex with this girl you need to be in a relationship you need to be a man and she doesn't want to give it to you then you take it yes and he feels within himself but this is wrong but now it's this whole tug and worn emotional worn con psychological tension going on within him and yes. he wants to fit in he feels a sense of entitlement you my girlfriend yes. so of course yeah. I'm entitled to you having sex with me. Yeah. And when we talk about parenting, teach your children what it is to be a woman. That being a, a woman is more than just cooking, cleaning, you know, the normal, right. the norms and the, and, the, and the ideologies that we grew up with. And teaching your son the value of respecting your wife or your girlfriend and respecting when she says no and that it's okay when she says no it doesn't mean that she is how can i say that she's disrespecting you or your role um within the relationship it just means that she also has a voice she has needs she has certain ideals she has wants as well that might go against what you your perception of her teaching a boy that to be empathetic 
to be there and hold your girlfriend when she's not doing well, when she's not having a bad day. Because sometimes boys struggle with emotions, which is also another topic that we could explore because yeah. it's a culmination of many things. So parents need, you know, when, 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 when I grew up, there was a saying that said, do, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Okay. So I want you to be respectful towards me. But mom and dad is, is not respectful towards the child yes. when they are speaking. I want you to respect elders. And I want you, dad says, I want you to respect women. But dad doesn't exhibit yeah. that behavior when engaging with mom. Yeah. And you know what? I, I, when, you, when you mention the do as I say, but not as I do, you kind of think to yourself, my goodness, um, that in itself should be one of the statements that should be said to be absolutely no, 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 no. It's like, do, you know, the statement should be, listen less to me, but follow my actions because I role model how things should be done and how do we live with people of the opposite gender, but human beings in general. And I think that is such an important uh, aspect of being. I just wonder, you know, whether it is time for us actually to conclude. I think it's the time for us to conclude, you know, for the evening prayer to happen. When evening prayer is um, finished, then we will come back and we will continue with our focus on teenage dating violence and will particularly look at the different um, how, how it unfolds you know how does it happen what do we mean um, in essence we'll describe it so much more um, and so that's what we'll do after the break for now I'm speaking with Michelle Skippers who is a social worker at Childline it seems as if we have two more minutes left over in this part of the program I just want to come back and just ask you um, bullying do you also see bullying as a type of teenage dating violence where bullying a person to have sex bullying a person to wear a certain uh, dress bullying a person to do different things um, that the person might not want to do most definitely and and as you know bullying takes many forms physical emotional psychological intimidation threats yeah and force anything that harms a child yeah um is bullying so if a partner is bullying you to yeah. have sex with him and forcing you and wanting you to do this against your will that is dating violence definitely and even you know if we look at the boy being bullied at school yeah also that has effects on him as well as his perception as a man as a boy and emotionally as well and he might want to then do the same in order to gain control so bully his yeah. girlfriend because he has lost power and control within his social circles yes. so I need to have regained some form of control as a man right and I think on that we will hold that note because that is a very critical point that you had mentioned how we used to refer to it if there is violence that is vertical mm. then it results in violence that is horizontal we focused on bullying in the relationship and how that can take many different forms um, Michelle spoke 
spoke about threatening the person, forcing the person, intimidating the person, having controlling measures against the person and really all intending to harm the person and how that would all form a part of teenage dating. Let's just look at when there is the physical violence, what are the types of things that happen michelle so that we're hoping that there are teenagers who are listening at the moment and what would sort under that so that teenagers don't come away and think i didn't think that it that was mm. violence mm. yeah please can i just quickly just speak a little bit about a research article that i recently read mm-hmm. on teen dating violence right sure it was done by a uct student and she the age group of her participants was between 18 and 25. But her findings, I still feel, is relevant to teenagers who are younger, mm-hmm. from 12 up to 18. Okay. What was interesting for me when she was um, exploring was that, firstly, is that research is predominantly only on adult population, so there's not a lot of research done on how dating violence or intimate partner violence affects the youth, mm-hmm. the teenagers. What scared me, and this is going to answer your question when we talk about if we just looked at physical violence. Yes. What scared me about the participants' comments in yeah. the focus group discussions that they had, yeah. that some of them felt like a light smack yes. or a gentle push is not as severe as a full-on physical attack where the person is being punched in the face, thrown on the floor, kicked in the abdomen, or picked up and thrown against the wall. Violence is violence. Mm -hmm. And I I just, I don't know, I felt so, I felt this, 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 the sense of feeling so alarmed that that we have now gone almost now as if dating violence violence has been placed in certain boxes ranging from the lesser offense yes like i said the gentle smack on the on the cheek yeah to the greater severe offense where a full-on punch in the stomach yeah and we should be very careful and when i'm and i'm speaking directly to the young teenagers that are out there if your partner your boyfriend has ever smacked you yeah he has abused you that is violence yeah if he is telling you not to wear a certain dress if he is telling you don't hang out with those group of girls if he is excessively checking up on you where are you now trying to call you is maybe not getting hold of you and it and it makes him angry it makes him frustrated and makes him violent mm-hmm. that falls into teen dating violence yeah so there is no lesser offense as compared to the greater um severe offense violence is violence and you know this culture of silence that we are in we need to break that i want girls to feel brave enough to know that their voice has power that is childline's motto your voice has power if you are sitting at home and you are in a relationship where you know you are being physically emotionally broken down and being hurt please speak up call childline's number reach out there are beautiful organizations organizations doing amazing work in trying to help 
children yeah. and teenagers speak up the only way you can protect yourself and work towards getting the future that you want for yourself because this can derail you it doesn't just affect, affect you emotionally but it can derail your the plan that you have for yourself you start feeling worthless you start feeling i'm not good enough yes and once you get into that space of not feeling worthy that affects you academically. Mm-hmm. That affects your your aspirations. Mm-hmm. That you oh, I can't do that because because I can't. I can't. Yeah. So we need to we, we, we really urge the youth to break that silence and to be cognizant of how your partner even speaks to you. Mm-hmm. Is he speaking to you in a demeaning voice where he t- wants to humiliate you, break down your sense of self? embarrass you in front of your peers yes that is falls into dating violence and i think one of the things that you that uh, that i'm just thinking of as well that often gets lost is when there is a group of the teenagers that they get together and you are busy speaking and he says to you be quiet just shut up or you've laughed and he said well i don't like it when you laugh you know and and one of the things that one wants either the boy or the girl when there is this excess of controlling and jealousy happening not to confuse it with love Mm. do not tell because he or she will say i do this because i love you Mm. i often think i often say if you hear i do this because i love you i do this because i want to teach you i do do this because i want to help you you need to listen to me. Those are all the statements that you have to, if you hear that, you need to know, speak with your parents, speak with the teacher, speak with a loved one that is older and respectful, that you can trust, speak and or contact Childline and speak with them if you're not sure about it. Most definitely. And I think that is the main message if if all the other information we have given has maybe gotten lost in translation i think that is what we would like the listeners to remember is for parents to check in be checked in not checked out in, into the children's lives to you can you 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 are the most important person in your child's life yes. knowing your child is having a bad day or feeling down and teaching your child the concept of self love because when they love themselves, it will protect them from getting into these situations of being abused by the partner. Because when, if the boy smacks him, they will know, oh no, I'm not going to stand for this. Yeah. I know my worth. I know that I deserve better. Yeah. This is not love. Yeah. But to speak up when it does happen to yes. you. And it's not too late. Yeah. Even if you've been in a relationship with, with someone for so many years and you've been exposed to violence yes. throughout your time of being in a relationship with this person and today something has clicked, you still have that opportunity to get out, to heal yourself because it's going to be a process of healing, to seek help yeah. and to speak to someone, yeah. to, to know that you're not alone. There are people that want to help you and be there for you. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I've got this engaged parenting that we need to speak about. And then I'm looking at stalking, um, social media stalking that I thought would have been so important for us to speak about that I'm kind of torn between where do we go? And perhaps perhaps I just would like to ask you um, what how d- does one explain to a teenager what 
social media stalking would be before we touch on um, engaged parenting and really what the advice would be that one wants to <coughs> share with parents so perhaps just if we go to social stalking okay so social media like we spoke about last week has there's a lot of platforms when it takes place we have whatsapp we have facebook we have instagram so if we are speaking about social stalking and we're just looking at on facebook as well and the person is giving comments to maybe something that you've posted yes so this person is constantly maybe giving demeaning comments or even common sense could possibly make you feel good about just oh you look sexy oh you look nice oh when can we go out mm. or oh, i didn't like you in that dress i don't think you should wear that take note of that so there's there's a consistent um remarks or statements being given to the person yeah. right when we're talking about because what is stalking if you look at if, if you look at that shahida from your professional um, capacity. Mm-hmm. How would you clearly, not clearly, simply describe what stalking is? I think if I want to de- describe it in a very simplistic way, simplistic. then it is someone who comes into your yeah. space. That could be in, in a different way. It could be via social media. It could be physically. You know, it could be over the phone. It could be writing letters to you. It could be showing up at places where you are. So they're constantly coming into your place, but you actually don't want them there. You haven't invited them there. And if you do give them some indication that I actually don't want you in my space they insist and they force themselves in your space okay. so that's simplistically put it so there's control yeah there's no consent from yeah. your side from yes. the, from the um, person side the person that is being stalked yeah you don't feel comfortable with it they aren't listening to maybe you've spoken to them and you said oh, can you stop sending me messages maybe you've blocked yes. them yeah you've used all means to get them out of your life but yet they are persistent yes in doing that so this 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 complete disregard yes. from their side in your wants or what you feel comfortable with or, 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 or what is safe for you yeah it's not love it's not because adoration or adoration yes. and i think that can can confuse a young yes. girl he's interested in me oh he's 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 really he's putting in so much effort to get my attention he must really like me yeah he can be a very controlling absolutely obsessive absolutely. person and, and and you can get involved in in, in a toxic relationship yeah. so it's about being aware of those things mm-hmm. those small things taking yeah. note yeah. of the small things that happens yeah. um to you as a young girl and those subtle boundary subtle, crossings subtle. like you looked so sexy yes. in that dress yes you know i like that photo because perhaps more of your boobs were showing so true those types of things take note don't of you that. want to take a photo and perhaps you know and, mm. and and really for me not to give all of the details but young girls and boys mm. need to be aware mm. particularly when people other teens as well start to ask them take certain photos of you and send it to my phone or post it on facebook or instagram and you know those types of controlling things but also boundary crossing Mm. that can sometimes feel so subtle Mm. and sometimes the person can feel wow they admire me Mm. and in Mm. fact 
it rather is about obsession and control. control. Mm. But let's, in the short time that we have, let's just focus on what would you put, include in <coughs> what you'd like our parents to think of if they see themselves as a parent who is engaged in their parenting. Okay. This is beautiful quote that that says, and we like using this in when we do our parental skills workshops. Um, children are like wet cement; whatever falls on them leaves an impression. So, whatever you say to a child leaves an impression. Yeah. I I, I want to say being an engaged parent means. And I just want to go back to what the the lady mentioned when she WhatsApp that message about building your child's self-esteem. For me, that is so important. Yeah. It starts at home. It starts with the messages that mom gives a child. It starts with what daddy says to a child. When we speak about being an engaged parent, we're talking about daddy, even on a Saturday morning, taking his son for a walk in the park. I feel like parents have become, they've become or getting into the habit of thinking that in order for me to, to, to spend time with my child, to have quality time, I need to spend money. No, we don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. We don't have to take the child to the movies, take the child to the circus, take the child on an expensive trip. It's about being actively engaged present emotionally mentally in your child's life so we talk about taking the boy for a walk and playing soccer playing soccer in the yard yeah. having conversations like so you know do you know what your child likes or what your child dislikes do you know what your child wants to be one day yes. do you know what makes your child feel uncomfortable do you know how your ch who your child's friends are i find i find that a lot in, in 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 my profession in working with with parents and with children sometimes parents don't know who their children's friends are yeah and who the parents are of the friends yeah if if Kathy says, I'm going to Martha this afternoon. Do you know where Martha stays? Have you ever had a conversation with Martha's mother? Yeah. Being involved. And who's at Martha's house when my child house. gets there? Yes. Yeah. Very important. Or yeah. child's being picked up by Martha's daddy. Yeah. Where are they going? Yes. Do, you, do you just let the child go? Do you invite Martha's daddy, daddy in? Have a chat? Um, let's just have a conversation a little bit, get to know one another. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's those, it's those things, those small things which we have actually just, we've forgotten about or we've disregarded or we, have, we don't see as important. So making, for me also, just to go back, making family time a part of your to-do list with all the hustling that you and all the surviving and all the... Having, you know, parents are forced to now, both parents needs to work. Yes. And they are tired when they get home. Check in with your child. When child is saying, mommy, mommy, and you are so exhausted. Yes. And I understand that. You're so tired. You don't, you, you don't really want to give your child, you don't, you don't emotionally or physically feel in a space to give your child attention. But yet you're sitting on the phone. Put down the phone for that moment. Yeah. Look to your child and find out. What do you want, my child? And just have a conversation with him. Yes. It's those, it's really, and being involved in your child, what's happening at school. Yes. I sometimes even find that 
parents don't know who their child's teacher is. Mm-hmm. So when we do our assessments and I ask who's the teacher, yeah. and mom doesn't know. Yeah. And that's concerning for me. Yeah. And I, I think you, you mentioned so many um, of the aspects that are so prevalent and it is such important and yet it's such small matters and so important and it doesn't happen Mm. and I think you know just having mentioned those things I think is very very important um, that we do that we do mention that and like you said the conversations there was a there was a parent who was going to die of cancer and she did die of cancer they gave her a year to live and it was one of those cases she will die within that year she had two girls and she took them out of school she was a single parent and she was at home of course being ill and she kept them at home and they did things just ordinary things you know that children will do with their with their mom and when she died they were asked what stands out for you as the most significant of the things that your mom did with you now they they did a lot of they were of course very wealthy so they did a lot of traveling and these fancy things and so on they did that as well and the children said in the morning when we got up and we just had our cereal with our mom in those very ordinary normal things those were the most special of it all so so lots of truth there it's the small things that make the biggest impact yeah the law and makes the lasting impact and that is a memory that those girls will never forget absolutely absolutely so i and i you know unfortunately we have to conclude our program i want to thank you again and perhaps you know when we pick up on programs again after this because it's like you know it feels like you just touch the the top the tip of the iceberg and we don't even go really really in depth but if we can have people think about it then Mm. that would be really great that's our intention so from me you know to say thank you very much to Michelle Skippers who is a social worker at Child Line thank you so much for your contribution you were splendid really you were so good it was great to speak with you and I know that our listeners enjoyed it when you've been a part of the program Thank you so much and all the very best for you. Thank you so much, Shahida. It's my pleasure. You're welcome and good evening. Go home safely. I will say to you, thank you. (laughs) Right, so I was speaking with Michelle Skippers, the social worker of Childline. Amazing. Tonight we spoke about teenage dating violence and really what an experienced young lady sharing her wisdom and her experience and trying to help us, you know, inform teenagers to protect themselves and as she said it's never too late if you've been in a relationship where there is violence present make the decision say no to it now today walk away please do that for yourself live from Cape Town this is the voice of the Cape 91.3 FM